Mr. Downton. Mr. Pete. Mr. Pete. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be miffed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. I don't use it, but it's a real one. Not in your vocab? Down to dunk. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, and also featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. With me today is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? There's a lot of thickness out here. The thickness is... A lot of it. (laughs) Uh, Ray Felton, back to the thunder on a minimum deal. Uh, It's... I think it's good. I think it's good to have a steady hand at the backup point guard, a guy that they're familiar with who was good for the locker room, uh, really good for the team on the court at times, other times, yeah, but that's a backup point guard. Like, that's what those guys are, right? Yeah. I mean, um, in our last uh, podcast, like the immediate reaction after Paul George, I said that uh, a possible upgrade was uh, at the point guard position. And Yes, I think that there are players out there that are worth, uh, maybe are better than Felton in that role. For example, Shabazz Napier, or uh, even tried to trade for Tyus Jones. Uh, poor Minnesota, by the way. Uh, anyway, uh, but I still think that there is a huge value in signing a guy that knows the playbook, that knows the guys, and uh, at that price uh, for the veteran minimum. Because I, I do think that none of the players that I mentioned be available for the minimum uh, and so that's important because it keeps you flexible uh, and uh, uh, again it gives you uh, a known quantity and probably with a better screener and I hope that the other uh, new signing of the Thunder will be able to to mesh well uh, with Raymond that can be uh, a different look already for the second unit so good signing for KC um, I'm I'm like I'm very positive on on the fact that they were able to to get to get him for the minimum. Yeah, I, th- I think that I mean they haven't spent any of their taxpayer MLE, and we'll talk a- more about that later on who they could get or what that looks like. But with as expensive as this team is getting, I think that they are if they can keep getting solid guys because like Ray Felton. And Erlen's well, like those are those are NBA players. Yeah. And if you can get solid NBA players on minimum deals, which I still think that there's quite a few guys out there that would take a minimum salary deal. Because at the end of the day, the money's gonna be all dried up. Yeah. And there's gonna be a few guys out there that can actually play that'll be sitting there saying, you know what, like I just I just need to get to a roster. <laughs> I mean Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And so I I, I don't know that they will use it. I, I have a list of just three guys that I think are worth it now. After Tyreek Evans uh, went and signed $12 million with the Pacers, which, you know, I, I was, I've never been the biggest Tyreek fan. And sure, it was a little bit exciting that he'd be willing to meet with the Thunder and rumors that his brother is saying that he wanted to be here, but... Uh, I don't know if it's the worst thing in the world that he didn't come to Oklahoma City. 
Well, I mean, of course, Tyreek uh, is a much more versatile offensive player than Raymond. Um, because I think that the two signings were um, mutually exclusive. So either you sure. get Felton or you get Tyreek, uh, yeah. not both. And you 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 know why, uh, basically, uh, you want to get a guy like Tyreek. Because he can create his own shot from the dribble in a much better way than Raymond can. But on the other end, um, Tariq uh, is not a good defensive player and is a guy that doesn't really play well in an uh, organized environment. Um, or at least, uh, as of now, he never showed that to be one of his skills. While Felton, uh, even if he's like prone to take bad shots, he can still organize an offense in a proficient way, especially if the players around him are well-suited for the kind of pick-and-roll action he wants to run. So I really think that um, paying uh, $5 millions, uh for Tariq was kind of a risk for for where OKC was going. Um, I probably would have done it anyway uh, because it was worth the risk. But um, there's there's like, there's like reasons to like um, the, the signing uh, of Felton, uh, nevertheless. And yeah. so, yeah... Again, it, it was a high-risk, high-reward stuff, and maybe this time OKC tried to play safe. Yeah, and, and Ray defends like he does, and he's yeah. and he's pretty good sometimes. And yeah, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. I liked it. He has got some tenacity in him, and so yes, yes, I, I, I like Ray. I'm not saying that I would rather have Ray than uh, Tyreek Evans at the end of the day. But right at the minimum, or Tyreek at the taxpayer mid level, like I think that they're, it, it's I think the Thunder ended up ended up in a fine position, and they yes. can't compete with twelve. And even if they could compete with twelve, I would say like pump the brakes <laughs> on that one. Uh, yeah. I just that's just a lot to pay for Tyreek, and the Pacers had to do it probably because he said I'm going to go to the Thunder unless you guys can blow me away with an offer, and they did. Uh, so we talked about Ray. Uh, let's talk about Nerlens Noel. So, another minimum player, like we mentioned, big guy. Let's talk first about his game, and then maybe some implications for the roster. So, what, what are your thoughts on Nerlens Noel, the NBA player? Uh, that's a hard question because we never. Uh, well, it's two years basically that he's not playing relevant NBA minutes, mm-hmm. and and so it's particularly hard. To parse uh, what's what is the level uh, of his game right now. Um, we can talk about the potential uh, of Neros. He's a very very good rim protector. Uh, he has decent instinct on the defensive level because, like when he was in Philly, his block plus steal rate was over the roof for a um, for a rookie uh, or for a, like um, a guy on a, on a rookie scale deal. And in Dallas, basically never he never got into this. Uh, Carlisle system and so all the numbers are down um, what I like about Noel is the fact that a guy like that can really be a rim runner for the second unit mm-hmm. and if Jeremy Grant um, well if, if Jeremy Grant starts and you pair uh, Nero's minutes to Felton, Patterson and George for example that makes sense because you have rim protection uh, something that was missing uh, last year whenever um, you had to move uh, Jeremy in a like in a four position, uh, so like guarding the opponent's uh, opponent power forward, and 
and also you gain a very good screener, like a guy that can set good screens. Um, and so on that, on that end, I really like, uh, the signing. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's got a ton of upside still. I just don't think he's landed in a good spot. I mean, he was with Philly and they drafted him. He was hurt for a year or I guess, how did he play? He sat out a whole year, didn't he? His 19. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. Yeah. When he was 19, he sat out the full year and then yeah, 14, 15, he played as his rookie season and averaged nine points or almost 10 points per game. And then the two blocks and two steals that I'd mentioned before, and then eight rebounds. And it's like, wow, like this is, yeah. we have a guy here. And then they draft Embiid, they draft Okafor, and then everything is just kind of a mess. And I'm sure that he's pretty mad because this is the guy, he went sixth in the draft and then was traded to uh, Philly for Drew Holiday. And so he's probably like, oh, these, these guys really want me. And then at the end of the day, they're just stockpiling assets and not really forming an NBA team yet. Yeah. And he's probably pretty mad about that. And so at the end of the day, he gets traded to Dallas. And Rick Carlisle, while he's a wonderful coach and really, really good, he doesn't put up with much. And he wouldn't put up with what Nerlens was doing. He violated the anti-drug policy uh, for marijuana. Uh, he was eating hot dogs at halftime. He has some work ethic issues. I mean, all three of those things are the reasons why the Thunder have him on a minimum deal today. But he still has the potential to be a good big man in there. Uh, but it remains to be seen if that can happen in OKC. But the Thunder have been good at rehabbing guys that have had kind of rocky starts to their NBA careers. And I just wouldn't be surprised if he did work out as a backup center here. Yeah. I just think it's it's a good culture for basketball, and there's not a lot of distractions here. And this unless team, you are Mitch McGarry, probably. You know, Mitch McGarry was was <laughs> was going to struggle wherever he was at. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably true. Uh, uh, and I, I just I, uh, well, it's a valid point, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just think that, and also a guy that's looking for a second chance. Like he yes. knows that he yes. screwed up the first part of his career. It's time to get it together. And this is a good team to do that with. The Thunder may only have him for a season because if he plays really well, the market's going to open back up uh, with a lot more teams with cap space next summer. And so yes. the Thunder won't have any real leverage bird rights whatever to bring him back if he really blows up but you know it's good it's a good season and it's also like if it works out it could be a place where somebody else like that could land next summer just like hey like we just did this for nerland's noel he's making 10 million dollars a year now you know you should you should come here because we can do that for you too kind of deal yeah that no that's 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 a great point um and i was able to uh, while you were talking about to, to pull out uh, the um, synergy page of Nils Niles of, of last year in mm-hmm. Dallas, and and the pick and roll numbers are great. Like he can, he he scored one point eighteen uh, points per possession in pick and roll situation yeah. as a more as a role man, and and that's that's basically why uh, OKC uh, took a chance on him because like Ray. Can run a pick and roll, especially if he has like a good rim running center. 
And so if it can be effective at that, that's that's enough to justify the risks. And, and to be honest, like Neros was in a very bad situation last year. Uh, he refused an, a very good offer. Uh, he basically immediately, immediately or a few months later realized that he made like a huge financial mistake. And probably Dallas didn't take that lightly. Like they offered him, I think, for... 70 million for four years, something like that. Oh, wow. He refused that. They wow. had to sign the, the qualifying offer, and that's never team-friendly. And so, like, it's not a good situation. Like, you just, you're basically out of the future plans for your team, and a coach like Carlisle will just look in a different direction, especially if he's try, trying to active, actively losing games. Uh, and so, yes, there are issues. Yes, he had, like, this... Um, mild violations about marijuana and the other thing. But I, I really think that a lot of the, probably, it is still his fault, but the situation was not the best. Yeah. Uh, no excuses here, but you just have to to, to, to take the, the bigger picture and, and see that there is a chance that Neros can come here and say, well, I really screwed up last year. Let's let's pull it together for one year and then let's get paid. Mm-hmm. And money are money are a huge motivation. <laughs> so yeah. uh, if he can get back in the market and get like um, MLE deal, I think he he will fight for that. And so that's good for KC because they really need production uh, for minimum level from minimum level guy this season. Yeah, and I, and I think they're going to get it. They're going to get it from Ray. They're going to get it from Nerlens and. I'd like to thank the press for sponsoring today's show. Go eat at the press. It's downtown Oklahoma City in the Plaza District. It's just a great restaurant. It's got a great feel to it. So it's just a cool place to be. So go there today, not only for that, but their food is just, seriously, it's incredible. I mentioned this before. Anything with the mac and cheese is so good. You can get the buffalo mac, which is my favorite. It's just amazing and also i just can't stop thinking about this veggie burger since i ate it a few weeks ago it's that good like i'm not joking if you if you even like a veggie burger like five percent like you're gonna love this if you love a burger like let's just say let's just cut out veggie burger if you like a burger you gotta go eat this and you're just gonna be amazed you're gonna be blown away by this veggie burger at the press so go there Either for they've got a great chicken fried steak, their salads are great, their food, just it's all so good. They've got also a great beer and cocktail selection there. They have two bars there. It's just, it's a great place. So go check out the press, support the people that support Down to Dunk, eat at the press. You know, does the Nerland signing speak anything to you about the Carmelo situation or anything like that? as far as like who who's going to start and things like that, or is Nerlens just going to be like a third center type of guy? Cause I mean, Jeremy could foreseeably be the, the starting power forward for this team. And then you have a true backup center there. Or do you think Jeremy still comes off the bench? That's, that's a very good question. And I don't have, of course, an answer. Um, my feeling is that, OKC wants to have options. And um, Neros give another dimension to the second unit. Maybe Melo stays, and in that case, you can think about moving Patrick Patterson and Kyle Singler to shed like 10 minutes um, in salary Mm -hmm. because you don't have the minutes for them. 
And so having Neros Noel uh, with the second unit and maybe you can bring in Jeremy Grant for Melo early and then play uh, a bunch of minutes with um, Melo and Neros uh, in the second unit and you can mix thing up, things up. Um, so I think that it's just an addition of options so that if uh, like nothing comes up in the Melo situation, you can still move... Um, I think Patterson and, and Singler to, to cut this huge um, tax bill, and not not because I don't like Patterson, because I think that the, the fit is better. Um, uh, I, I, I I like him better at the four than uh, the Melo for sure. But um, I think that there is no playing time, and so mm-hmm. it's it's pointless to have um, to play Patterson as five, which is clearly out out of his position because he. Unless there is certain situations, he's much better at the four with a with a strong big man with him. And so, if you think that we can remove Melo uh, from this team, then the pairing of uh, Patterson or uh, Grant w- with uh, Neros can be good. Because on one hand, you have uh, a very good rim protector and a very good um, spacer, and on the other hand, you have like just all the length in the world. And so, you can have like a crazy good defensive unit with a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the more I th- think about it and kind of look back on things and think about what people have said. It just feels like Melo's not going to be here. It just, he wasn't at the party the other night for Paul George. Paul George has not mentioned his name at all since. Nor Stevens though. Well, he mentioned Steven at exit interviews. Yeah, that's right. And so he didn't mention him in his little mini documentary on ESPN but he's mentioned him and he's mentioned Robertson and but he hasn't mentioned Mello at all as yeah. if he doesn't even exist. And so you know there was a time where you thought I don't know if I can trust anything that Paul George says because like what we don't have a reason to at this point. We traded for him, brought him in. He's been great. He played well for the most part. He's talking and people say, yeah, this is what he does. You know, at Indiana, he did the same thing. And now I feel like we have a lot of reasons to trust him. And maybe the fact that he's not mentioning Mello, who he talked about all season yeah, as one of like the great players like him and Russ and Mello are going to do this and we're going to do that. And once the season ended, two things happened. One... Paul George stopped mentioning Mello as a part of this team. Yeah. Two, Mello had his little hissy fit in front of the media. And I just wonder if they had their sit down with Sam and Billy before those. I don't know what the sequence is. But if that's the case, there may have been some tough conversations back there that Paul was made aware of. Just like, hey, listen. Like this is where Mello is. He's, and we're gonna have to try to find a landing spot for him. And so he's like, "Oh, okay." And so, I just feel like that coupled with the fact that he wasn't at the party, like of of all the players on the Thunder, Mello probably loves to party more than everybody else, right? <laughs> well, according to his, his Instagram profile, yes, he likes to live the the good life. And so, a party with a a famous guy uh, is a rapper. I'm yeah. really, uh, Nas, uh, yeah, 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 uh, and so I think that is 
that is the most mellow thing to do, to go at a party, to, to right. greet a guy that will stay with you uh, yeah. next season. If you, think that you're, if you think that you're a part of this team and a part of this core, you know, the four, the three of them and Steven Adams, like if you think that that's your core moving in, you're going to try to win a championship with those guys. Try to win a championship with those guys. You're, you're not going to show up. Like yeah. Tim, like Tim, I just think that there are way too many signs out there to think that he's going to come back, and maybe he does. It's not out of the question. It's just not. But I just am, just like I read the Paul George situation since the season ended. I just felt like I felt very confident that he was going to come back, and a lot of people thought that that was dumb, and it ended up being true just because all I. Like, here's the evidence that I have. Here are the things that I've heard. I know that we can't trust everything they've said, but I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, yeah, I I think that's what will happen. And now I just feel like all these signs are here, all of them. And yeah. if Carmelo Anthony was going to be a part of this team moving forward, I think he would have been mentioned by Paul. He's, Paul has had several platforms to do so, and he has declined to do that. And so, and Mello has been gone. You know, he won't, yeah. you know, and you know, Stephen Adams wasn't there, but Stephen Adams is, it's, I don't know. It's a, it's different. I just feel like this he's is probably studying like, um, I don't know, physics or right. relativity <laughs> theory or whatever, um, weird math he can do. Um, like, yeah, I can get why maybe he's new in New Zealand and yeah, just there doing stuff pre-organized stuff and and he's under contract and the thunder love him and there's no beef there at all no so he's great like he's the new mr thunder as of today yeah and so you just look at the mellow situation i just i think they're going to try to trade him and if they can't trade him at the end of the day i think that they're going to try to uh just probably wave and stretch his contract because they can save a hundred million dollars this year if they do that and so it makes a lot of sense in that fact but also like the the thunder owners everybody's like freaking out about the thunder owners just because of something that happened it's like how long ago was the Harden trade five years ago Uh, six years ago yeah it was like September uh, or October uh, 2012. Yeah, so like we're coming up on six years. Yeah. And everybody's really worried about that version of the Thunder ownership. Uh, But the fact is today, this Thunder ownership is in a different boat. It's a much bigger boat. It's a more expensive boat. And it's very, very nice. And they're doing just fine. Like this, this ownership group is rich. (laughs) <laughs> very very rich yeah and the team is worth more and I, I wanted you to kind of go into this a little bit because there's just like people don't really know what they're talking about when they tweet or even say stuff like bill simmons like i don't think he under, really understands any of the nuance when it comes to like the thunders ownership group the salary cap the way they've spent and things like that he just says it and then everybody else just regurgitates it and just says it too. And everybody's just talking, talking, talking until everybody just comes up with the idea. Well, this ownership group is cheap and they suck and they're just stupid. And now we're at the point where people 
not let the Thunder make a signing, and then the very next tweet that you're going to see is here's the Thunder's tax bill, and here's they have a three hundred million dollar roster. It's never happened before in the history of the NBA. Everybody's freaking out about it. But McKelly, why give us give us some backstory and some reasons why they shouldn't be freaking out about this? Yeah, because like uh, the situation is completely different uh, from the one that we had that the OKC had in 2012. Um, I did a bit of a research because I had to write a piece uh, for an Italian venture, and so I dug up a bit of uh, some numbers that you can easily easily find uh, around the web. So basically, Clay Bennett bought the entire franchise in Seattle for 350 millions. Um, and in 2012, the franchise was worth uh, 475, according to Forbes. Plus, Bannon had to pay a relocation fee uh, that, if I remember well, John Hamm told uh, in OKC during the Dream Team podcast uh, that it was worth 25 millions, yeah. uh, roughly. Mm-hmm. So we have a hundred and million of gain in six years. Okay. And paying the luxury tax in 2013, 14 and 15, because, uh, it would have triggered, um, three straight years of tax payments. Um, could have been like, uh, roughly a 40 millions per season, uh, of payments, something like that. Um, or at, uh, at least the combined payment. Uh, and so it's almost 50% of your uh, six-year um, revenue, okay? Yeah. So it's hard. Think about in this, uh, for, with this example. You, you just bought a, a new house, and it's worth like, I don't know, $100,000. Uh, $100, and you have to do a maintenance for half of the price. Would you do it? I don't think so. No. But now, that, that same house, because it was in the Hamptons, um, and <laughs> now uh, it's... We don't talk about the Hamptons on this podcast. <laughs> no, yes. Yes, I know. Uh, now it's worth uh, uh, 1.8 uh, billions. So, do you pay 150 uh, millions to, to, to fix the house, which is less than 10% of its value? Probably you do that. Yeah. And and so these are the numbers. And why Clay Bennett and his associates were not okay on paying the tax um, back then is also reasons that uh, are compliant with basketball history. So usually you win titles when you are in your prime. Um, Golden State won titles with Steph Curry in his prime. LeBron James won titles when he was in his prime. Even Kevin Durant won titles when he was in his prime. Mm-hmm. No one basically won titles way ahead of his prime. And so the plan was, let's we have a great team. Let's put aside money to spend when Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and possibly James Harden are in their prime. Uh, everyone in OKC made sacrifices in terms of salary. Um, KD... Um, was asked not to put a player option, and he did so. It was not like a monetary sac- uh, sacrifice, but he was by far the best pro- the best player in OKC. And then when Russell Westbrook was up to his contract, he was asked to forego, the, basically to not apply the Rose rule. He could have made in his first non-rookie contract 
16 millions more <laughs> by just exercising his right. So, like he was worth for the current, um, for the like salary rules back then, 16 millions more. And he said, okay, I'll take less. Next year, James Harden was up for a 60 million uh, max extension. OKC asked him to cut of uh, to cut it to 55, so five million less in four years. He said no. He has all the rights to say no, but let's put that in perspective. Like everyone made sacrifice because if you want to be to build a roster that has multiple stars, you have to do so. Like Golden State made the same stuff. He was able to sign Curry to an under um, uh, under market contract then asked both Clay Thompson and Raymond Green to be paid less. They both said yes. Guess what? They have free all-stars. Yep. It's the only way to go. And yes, Sam Presti could have said, well, let's roll it another year, as he did with, with Reggie Jackson. And in November, the situation was toxic because even if, um, like, uh, after, like, saying no to a 48 for four years, uh, Reggie, said basically that he wanted out. We know for sure that the same situation um, wouldn't happen with Harden? Probably, but no one is sure. So there is much more nuance to this Harden trade and to the fact that uh, OKC didn't pay the tax back then and he's paying now because now they have two players in the top 15 um, of all the NBA in their primes and they are ready to go. They would have loved to, to, to pay the taxes with, with KD. And we all know yeah. about the Horford stuff and blah, blah, blah. They were ready to pay huge tax bills to have Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant in their prime. And so if you, if you want to make, uh, like, if you want to tell the full story, well, this is at least uh, a bitter, like a wider view on, on that. Yeah, exactly. And there's even more to it with with Harden and the way that things would have worked. I mean, there's just a lot to it. And a lot of people just think that it's simple. And if Sam Presti could get into a time machine and go back in time, would he have maxed out James Harden? Yes, he would have done it. But at the time it was a different story. And so was it a mistake at the end of the day? Sure. But do we need to keep bringing it up and really have no context or really understanding of it? It'd probably be best if we just didn't, mostly for just our sanity. If uh, if everybody could stop bringing it up, that'd be nice. Uh, but the Thunder, the truth is that the Thunder are ready and willing to spend money. And they may end up paying a big bill like this. I think that they will try to get off of Singler's money somehow, whether it's stretching it or trading him into space somewhere. Uh, you know, he's an expiring deal now. I just don't think that'll be that difficult to do so. And so they may have to trade a second round pick in order to to get rid of his money. And, I, you know, it'll be worth it to do so. And so they can save around $20 million if they can send away Singler. Great. Yeah, maybe even more between salary and tax. Yeah, yeah, prob- probably more. And then you can just bring in one of your – you can sign two or even all three of your second round picks – uh, not that any of them will really play that much or do a whole lot for this team, but you could do that if you needed to. Or you could bring back Corey Brewer, bring back Josh Hustis on a minimum. Like you could do those type of things and save quite a bit of money. And so there, there'll be ways that they do save money. I don't know if it'll be through 
a, a buyout and stretching of Carmelo's contract, in which case that has to be done by August 31st for this next season. And so we'll know, you know, before training camp, whether or not the stretching of Carmelo Anthony's contract will happen because you can't just do that anytime. And so it, it'll just be interesting to see what they do. But I think the whole point is that the Thunder ownership group is ready and willing to spend. And they have been for a long time. Now that they have a commitment from Paul George, they're ready to go. And don't underestimate how motivated this ownership group is to win. I mean, they are very, very motivated. And so a lot of people see the mellow contract as a way to help alleviate the tax bill. But I also think that they see it as a way to get another good player here. And, you know, maybe you can attach some assets to mellow and get a really good player. And so I wouldn't count that out either. They may be ready and willing to spend into the next couple of years to see what they can do. And so yeah. I, I know that everybody's freaked out about DeMarcus Cousins. I'm well aware of that. I'm well aware. The, to me, here's the thing. As of today, the way the league stands, the Warriors were going to be unbeatable even without DeMarcus Cousins. And you know what? There's, the status is still the same. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, like, they have, uh, like, even Jordan Bell with one year more under his belt. He's a yeah. great fit with the Warriors. Right. And, like, they have four All-Stars. Who cares about Cousins? I mean, he, he if he's good to go, then great. They have even more power. But it's, like, I, I don't freak out about this stuff. Uh, I mean, it's one I year. was hoping. He's coming off yeah. an Achilles tear. They're going to win the title anyways. Like, is anybody picking anybody else? Like, somebody raise your hand. Tell me who you're picking. Anybody else? Nope. Everybody's picking the yeah. Warriors? Great. <laughs> The th- uh, it's the well, same result. For the, same result. Yeah, good for good for the league that someone is picking uh, Los Angeles because they are making they will make as soon as the gambling is legal <laughs> and they can actually get money. I mean, how many guys would put money on the lake? Well, they already put money on the lake. Oh yeah, for the oh, signing. Yeah. Like, this is the LeBron factor. This will be huge for the league. This is something that goes into the picture of what we were saying before. Like the league is about to get to get much richer. Oh. Which is like and, and they probably bigger. already are today. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Just oh, yeah. because sure. like, LeBron in Cleveland, cool. That's great. It's a really heartfelt story. But you're right. LeBron in Los Angeles makes the NBA way more profitable, and it affects everybody. It not just affects. Yeah. The, it not only affects the Lakers. It affects the Thunder. What can happens? Can you imagine here? the bill that the Lakers can ask for the TV rights? I, I don't know if they if they are up for any renegotiation, but if they are, like wow, like they they will ask a lot, Madness, and it's not yeah. not just money for the Lakers. It, this is not the way the the NBA mechanism works. If you do revenue, you have to do revenue sharing, and so if the Lakers get a crap load of money, then they will share. And so, I mean, the fact that OKC can really pay this year the tax, and next year they could be under if they don't stretch metal, is a huge incentive to, to look um, elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the, like, I, I think that it's more likely that they just buy him out with no stretch because having zero money next year may be better. Like you spend, say, $80 million now, but next year you're under 
or you can get under. Uh, it's it's very interesting, uh, and so yeah. like there's there's a there's a lot of stuff uh, that are going on. Maybe the cap will spike a few millions more next year, like 112, 115 instead of the 109 that is projected now, uh, and so the tax line will will raise. So there's like I think that this group um, is like they managed this franchise probably in the best like there's. Apart from the other trade, there are not many mistakes. Like, no other franchise recover himself in two seasons from losing the best player in the world. You're like, right. one of the two best players in the world. Yep. Like, Cleveland get back on track just because LeBron said, okay, like, I'm not winning here in Miami because I basically, basically, we're basically three max player that want their money, and so I'll, I'll, I'll get back. But otherwise, there's no way like but that by getting other players you can rehab like the thunder did no one did it in the recent in, in the near um past and so what they did is amazing they made a mistake with harden yes surely um but who knows like by acting like they did they they are basically a contender or semi contender uh since 10 years like 8 years yeah. It's hard, extremely hard to do. And so if you are a player that is uh, looking for a franchise that is aggressive and wants to win, why not the Thunder? Like, this is really uh, how I read the situation. Paul George saw a franchise that was not afraid to change the rule to go to, get, get away of the like small market can pay. That was smart, that had money to spend, and they were willing to do so. And so this is a very, very good-looking thing uh, going forward for OKC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the Thunder just, they see their roster, they compare it to the other big teams in the league, basically the Warriors and the Rockets, and they say, you know, like, we know we're not there yet. And so I think that they will try on a Kevin Love deal. I don't, yeah. know that, I don't think that they're going to throw any more than a... Carmelo Anthony plus what young assets do you want to kind of trade to that? You know, they're not trading Steven Adams. They're not going to just go all out to get Kevin Love. But if they can get him for that, I think that they do it. And then, like, you still have Steven Adams as a either building block or trade chip, however you want to view him. And, like, the Thunder are just going to keep going after big name guys and uh, crazy talent. And they're, that's, it's just going to happen. And so this ownership group were very motivated before Kevin Durant left. And they're even more motivated now that Kevin Durant did what he did and the Warriors are doing what they're doing. Like just don't underestimate them because they're, they're going to pay. Uh, and one of our listeners at Cole profit tweeted at us, uh, so Mike Kohler had tweeted that this isn't noted enough, but George Kaiser, who owns about 19% of the Thunder, has a fortune of $12 billion, which puts him in the top five of all NBA owners. And, yeah. and then Cole quote tweeted and said that he donated a $500-plus million park to the city of Tulsa. And so we have a very rich ownership group. Everybody acts like these dudes don't have any money and that yeah. they're, but these guys have crazy money and yeah. well, things, 12 billions sounds like crazy money. I don't even 
I, I don't even have an idea of how to live with 12 billions. Like, right. It's, yeah. it's crazy. It's, it's totally a different scale of, you know, of, um, of money. So, yeah, I mean, how can we judge and or comprehend how these uh, guys go at spending and building their fortune? If we, they do so, there is a reason. We, we can't. And I, and I would just, and I know that everybody, like the, the more we get into this era of the NBA, the more everybody wants to know everything kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just wish that people would pump the brakes on caring so much about the luxury tax and caring yes. so much about the way that people spend because it's exactly. just, it gets exhausting. And at the end of the day, like you, you don't like fans don't get to choose like what, mm. what teams spend and what they don't. And some ownership groups can spend and others can't. And that's a part of it. And I think it should be a part of the conversation, but we shouldn't like be stressing out about the thunder's tax bill. Oh my gosh, what are the thunder going to do? $300 million. What are we going to do? How can we help them? What are we going to do? Let me send them a, a way to stretch this contract and trade this away and draw. We got to just shore this up. But Let's, to me, yeah, I know how to, I know, I know how to help them. Let's just sign Kevin Durant so that he can cut his, his own salary to make, uh, to make an effort to save his owner's, uh, his owner's money. That's, that's the way to do it. Yeah, an ownership group that is just sitting back and laughing as they're swimming in their money like Scrooge McDuck. With this, with this a, new arena coming. Right, they will give make me a like, freaking break. But anyway, so let's, 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 yeah, you're right. Let's, let's uh, get away. Okay, uh, let's talk about um, <clears throat> the Paul George special for a second. Uh, yeah, it was. I mean, if you're a Thunder fan, it was very exciting. If you're a fan of the Lakers or any other team, it wasn't the best thing in the world for you. Like he thanks Lakers fans and things like that, but uh, he's going to get booed when he goes to Los Angeles, even though he never played for them. It the Lakers fans probably felt like he was playing for them all season last year, and now yeah, I mean that's just the reality. And so he said a lot of really good stuff about the thunder. He said, my relationship with Sam and connecting with Russell, I think I really built a family and a brotherhood in that organization. He said, what I love about the mission and being on a mission with Russ is he's hungry. He wants it and I want it. And that's what makes it so special looking at Russ. Uh, Let's see. He said in regards to OKC, it's more than just loyalty. It's about doing what I think is right. I feel this is the best and the perfect opportunity to cement myself, cement myself. That's such a Sam Presti thing to say and to bring a championship to where it hasn't been brought. Uh, very exciting stuff. Uh, even though it, that seems, <laughs> seems like we're far away, but who knows? Uh, and then aside from it being one of aside from him being one of the best human beings talking about Russell, I've been around his approach to the game is what guys want to be a part of and build something with. Russell is somebody I can build with and vice versa. And then there's also a part of the documentary uh, where Russell talks about how he has no tattoos and he'll get one when uh, they win one. So pretty interesting. But all good stuff. It's kind of a, excuse me, kind of a fluff piece at the end of the day uh, just because there was no punch to it. It wasn't what revealed his decision and everything, but it's, it's cool to see them behind the scenes and stuff like that, even though, you know, it's staged. I don't know. Like it was, it was cool. I think it's a cool thing for Oklahoma city fans 
and cool that he used that platform to re-sign with the Thunder. Because I think a lot of people, when they initially heard the report that he's doing the series, everybody's like, well, he's leaving then. Like, why would he do this to stay here? And Oh, I, I reminded didn't. myself texting you. I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really, really scared. Because, I mean, we all know, as soon as we heard, uh, uh, like, Austin for a camp uh, for Kevin Durant and Hamptons, yeah, he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. And, like, I, I was, um, when I heard about this ESPN stuff, uh, I was scared. But then um, the thing that gave me actually hope was no no word of meetings. That is right. a crucial stuff. <laughs> he was not after meetings. Like, there was nothing scheduled. And then when you go, like, close to the 30th, close to the 1st of July, and nothing is scheduled. You have to you have to be confident and yeah yeah I mean I think that these words have like they will have an effect on Russ like Russ was really left by a guy who was trying to build something with after basically the the, the huge letdown in a game from both from both of them like Russ played a, a bad game uh, well not not as bad as KD but still a bad game in Game Six of the Western Conference Finals two right. years ago. Mm-hmm. And it was remarkable that this year, Paul George took blame, took like a huge part of the blame, said it was me. Like I have unfinished business. I want to get it right. Like, I think that Russ will hear this stuff. Yeah. And, and what's, what's the outcome? What will be the result of this? I don't know, but it's really important that Paul George basically went all in. Like, if, if it was just, yeah, okay, I'll sign. I like playing here. It was enough. But he he go he went over the roof, like, to, to praise everyone. Mm-hmm. And so this is, this is important uh, because it basically gives, like, a huge, huge uh, commitment on both the basketball court and, and off court. And so it's... It's something meaningful. It's not just words uh, for me. And so I'm really curious to see how OKC and Russ will handle next season. Because um, the, the, front, the, 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 the front office kind of embrace the Russ way to do things, like right. flashy and spectacular. Mm-hmm. And it worked. <laughs> so yeah. who knows uh, what will happen next season. Yeah. And credit to the front office for evolving you know, and not just doing things the way they did with Durant. They really learned from from yep. that experience. And so <clears throat> I think that Thunder fans are, are ready to trust an NBA star again because, like, Kevin Durant, like, killed that. Like, he really did. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, they're able to we, – we can take some things at face value now and we can actually breathe a little bit. And so can the team and the front office and everybody – now that they have this guy locked in because the Thunder took a massive risk in trading mm-hmm. for Paul George and it's going to pay massive dividends for them yes. moving forward. Uh, even though a lot of the national media still think the Thunder aren't any good, but like, just, just wait. I think this seems to be really good. Uh, Michele, hold on one second. I just spilled my coffee. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs>
Okay. Sorry. I'm back. Uh, okay, McKelly, let's talk about uh, some free agents and who's left. And there's going to be some guys out there that are good players, not great, but good players that are going to have to take a lot less than they want to at the end of the day. And so I, I don't, my conclusion after kind of looking at the list is I just don't know that the Thunder are going to use their taxpayer of LA. Like, I just don't know that they're going to. And I came up with a list of three players and, you know, tweet at us at down to dunk at Andrew K. Schlecht at Mikey Barra. If there's somebody else that I missed, but as of now, I feel like there's only three guys that I would use the taxpayer mid-level exception on Wayne Ellington, uh, Luke Mbamute and Isaiah Thomas. Hmm. Okay. And I don't know that anybody else is worth it. Well, uh, it's it's interesting though. Uh, your um, like say the the guy that you choose. I think that um, in some sense, I like the idea of um, well. I like both all all these players, uh, but I think that OKC has already um, something close to that. So you have uh, an Ellington Light in Abrinus. You have right. something that is probably more than um, than Bamute in Jeremy Grant, yeah. and and you have well, you don't have a bench scorer. That is what you miss. Uh, but I don't think that in the way like OKC has contracted, constructed the roster, um, a guy like Isaiah Thomas could work. Um, and so, like, if you think to get rid of uh, Abrinas um, to try to shed, for example, seamless money, and you want to bring in a guy like um, Ellington for the taxpayer Lee, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like. He's a crazy good shooter. He's not as good as a defender uh, as a um, last version of Abrinus is, um, but he's much, much better better in terms of uh, running off screens and, and stuff like that. He's uh, it's, it's not like uh, as much better because he he's a veteran with a lot more of experience. And so he will fit seamlessly in an offense where he has to, to do these things. Um, a, I don't know if OKC will be able to exploit him, um, to, to like to use him as much as Miami did, which is crucial to get uh, efficiency out of Ellington. But if they are able to, then yes, he's a guy um, who I really like. Mbamute, I like the idea. I'm scared about the injuries and... Even if it's a, like if they can get him, I, I think that the the first positive thing is if OKC has it, Houston doesn't, and so that's that's already a plus because they will they will try to resign him because they already lo- uh, lost Riza, and so if you can get him, sure, and he, he adds like uh, depth in the um, uh, wing slash forward department, which is always a good thing. Um, but don't expect him to be a game changer for KC because I think that is like he's not an elite passer. He has no I, no real IQ, but he's a good defender and he, and he can shoot it if the ball goes in the pocket. So um, probably among all these three guys, this will be my he will be my first choice yeah. uh, because of the depth in that department is so crucial. And yeah. we've seen that losing uh, a guy like Andre. 
uh, what turmoil, like uh, the kind of turmoil that uh, created um, in our friend, in our team. And so, if you have a guy like Mbamute, which is not as good as Robertson, probably probably defensive, but he's really good and he can also shoot it. Uh, not like Eustace, uh, that was okay defensively, but but for some reason wasn't able to find rhythm from three. That is a huge, huge thing. And so, yeah, uh, my favorite guy is for sure Mbamute. The other two, I'll. I'll pause a bit, unless again we have to get rid of Abrinas to shed Singler's money. Yeah, no, I, I'm in complete agreement. And Barry Trammell brought this point up. If you, if you bring in Bamute, you're taking him off the Rockets. Yeah, and the Rockets are left with who as their wing defender. Yeah, PJ Tucker, which is more of a four defender than right. Well, he, he, they need at least two, though. Yeah, one is enough. And Ariza's gone, and if you can, and they may, they may offer that to Mbamute too. You know? I think so. And he'll just have to choose where he wants to go. But I think if you're the Thunder, like extending that and saying like, "Hey, we'll give you the two years, ten point whatever million dollars it is," like, "Hey, we'll we'll give that to you today," and just see what happens. And can you imagine the Thunder defense? If you have yeah. Mbamute there too, I mean, it would be insane. Like they could easily be the number one defense next year. If yeah. you, if you bring him in too. Yeah. Your wing rotation would be, would be great. And there's also another, uh, another thing to, um, to discuss is that what's, what, what will happen with, um, um, with Ferguson is not clear. Because he right. is the likely piece to be attached to Melo to make it work. And so if you lose him, then get another uh, shooting guard may be helpful, even with Abrinas on, um, uh, yeah. on the roster. And yeah. so to be honest, uh, I'm kind of excited to go tomorrow, like to start tomorrow for Pegas and watch Terrence in person. Um, because I really want to get a grasp of how he moves, how he watches uh, the ball when he's, uh, when he's on the court. Um, because you, you don't get these things from TV. Um, you kind of get it, but, but not, it's not the same. Mm. And so I really look forward to see how it plays. And now that I said it, probably tomorrow they will trade him and he will never play. So, <laughs> <laughs> Like they did with Thomas. I was right. so pumped to see Thomas in uh, Orlando, but yeah. he wasn't there. Well, and to your point there, McKellie's going to be in Vegas and he's going to we're going to do some podcasting after games or at least do uh, a Google Hangout on YouTube that you guys can watch where we just kind of break down what the Thunder looks like in Summer League. And so uh, it'll be really nice to be able to communicate with somebody that's actually at the game. So that will be fun, something that we'll have for you guys. Uh, I want to mention some minimum guys that I think make some sense for OKC. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that if you get any of these guys on the minimum, it would be good to find for OKC. So uh, what do you think about bringing back Corey Brewer to the team? Let's say at the end of the day, they're not able to get in Mute, They're not able to get anybody else and they just need a roster spot. What do you think about him at the minimum? Who's in the roster? Do I have Ferguson and Abrinas? Yeah. Then no. Okay. I I understand uh, why you want to have a guy like uh, Brewer, but 
at the end of the day, um, he was solid for six games. Meaningful games, but six games. He kind of derailed in playoff. He wasn't able to cut as much. He was basically unguarded from the three-point line. And we know that he's a shaky shooter. And he will keep being a shaky shooter next year. If you assure me that the picking order of the guards will be either Ferguson or or Abrinas, and then, like a third option, Corey Brewer, who function as a veteran that um, is a say a, sh- a soldier for Billy, then yes, but I have zero confidence that Billy will sit him if he has him. So that gives me a pause. Yeah, that all makes sense. Uh, Josh Hustis. Oh, I want to give him another try to see if the shooting is real. Yeah. can be real. I like Josh. Josh is a pro and he doesn't make any issue, any, any problem uh, with, oh. with, the, with, the, with the locker room. And he's a good guy. He's a smart guy. And I kind of want him to succeed. And so well, for that reason, I should hope that he goes elsewhere. But um, I would love to, 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 to have him in for another season because he knows. Uh, he knows the drills. And so like a one-year minimum, I will surely give it to him. Yeah. And maybe even to just because I, I've always been a believer in him, maybe to a fault, but I think that he can play. And I also think that maybe if you were to give him two years, it would alleviate, alleviate some stress on his part. He just knows that I'm going to be here for the next two years. I can just focus on basketball because I think an underrated factor in last year's locker room, although I don't ever think there were problems in the locker room, but I think that there was a lot of stress in there just because they knew how high the stakes were. And these guys know that if Paul George leaves, that this franchise is going to fall apart. Like it just, it was going to happen. This version of the franchise of this team, it was just going to probably be done you know, the era of the Harden, Westbrook, Durant, you know, like we've already lost two of them. And now Westbrook's the only one left standing. And Kevin Durant's left without the Thunder getting anything. And Paul George is left without the Thunder getting anything. And like, you just can't recover from that. And I yeah. don't think that I don't think they would have. And so I think that the stress level was high last year. And so I think that the team overall will be better. And I think that Josh, who's kind of an emotional guy would be able to function better in this locker room. And if he was given some breathing room that I, I think that he could be better. Uh, there, there, there are very real human factors to basketball teams that a lot of people just never consider, uh, but it's a part of it. Like it just is, you know, look at if just go. And if you want to torture yourself, go watch the first the highlights, uh, you know, they have those like nine minute highlight games. Go watch the first 20 games of the Thunder season. They're out there on YouTube. And like, tell me that there's not a human factor in all of this because there is. And I think that Josh kind of fell victim to that a little bit this year. Okay. A few more guys. Uh, Vince Carter, 50 year old Vince Carter. Uh, pass. Uh, Ian Clark. Get that is a is a guy that for a minimum I will I will like to to see what he what he can do, what he can do and 
but I'm not sure he will go for as low as the minimum. Probably. Not sure. Not sure he will come to OKC, though. Right. It sounds like these guys prefer to go to a minimum elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, Tory Craig. Uh, no, no, no. I, no. Whoa, no. Why, why are you so dismissive of Tory Craig? I don't know. I, it's These guys are like, uh, it's like if another franchise says, do you want Josh Eustis? Mm, yeah, if I have to, but there's no real reasons to, to, to go and get a guy that you can uh, get from your D-League, probably. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't trust uh, these. Uh, maybe I'm, I'm wrong, but I, I didn't see anything that said, says that make me say, "Well, yes, let's take a roster spot and give him to give it to him." Yeah, he he is the Denver Nuggets, Josh Eustis. Yes, so I'll give him to Josh before him. Uh, Travion Graham. Um, yes, he will not be available for the minimum. He should like forty percent from three, like. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, he, was, he will. He will. He will sign with with Nola. Okay. Uh, so, what if I moved him to the taxpayer MLE group? Uh, yes, he, I think that 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 is the salary. Well, I think he will get a par, portion of that, like right. these two and a half, two and a half or two years, and like there's no value there for OKC. If you can get him for the minimum, yeah, do it. Like, immediately. 40% shooter, uh, no request of any minutes whatsoever because, like, he's a guy. And so, yes, take him. Take him aboard, uh, on board. But I, I don't think he will be available for that amount. Yeah. And I don't think that paying taxes, like paying 10 millions for a gram, is something that is is um, a, bar- a bargain for OKC. Yeah, the, the, fit, the fit is weird. And the fit, like just that, the the fit as, as in, what contract should we give you? And there's like this, yeah. there's like this line you have to dance with the player like that. Whether are they worth this much? Are they worth less than that? And if he's, if you think he's worth less than that, you're probably not getting him. But then if you think he's worth more, you might be overpaying by a little bit. But still, it's a small contract. I don't know. I think if he had interest in the Thunder and vice versa, that they could get him because he's now unrestricted. So. Yeah, no, no. I mean, uh, if they can get him, uh, like if they are willing to spend uh, two and a half millions, then why you don't don't you get like a guy like Napier instead of, of Felton? I I don't think that is the that is the way they want to go. But if so, well, great. You have another shooter, sure. I mean, I I don't care about the the, the luxury tax money. I'm just saying, if you want to find a, a plus value, then you have to get him for the minimum, and I don't think that is the case. If so, great signing. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Uh, can you make sense of what the Lakers are doing after they sign LeBron James? Um, no. <laughs> like, like it's it's so weird. Like, they are taking veterans. This is what they are doing. No, no guys that has no experience in playoffs or close to that. Uh, they took like fighters. Uh, they took high character guys and then they took McGee uh, for some reason so I it's I don't know like probably LeBron wants guys that are accountable or that according to him are like sort of accountable mm-hmm. and he will probably wants he probably wants Dwight and Melo um, and just play out one season 
try to show these kids how things are done in the NBA um, to a certain degree and then remove every of these pieces next season and, and, and try to build something real. Because to be honest, it doesn't matter what they, what they do this season. It has like zero value in terms of um, uh, roster buildings. They will be LeBron James team. They will play like Le- LeBron wants and they will probably make the playoffs just because LeBron is there. And the number one goal is to try to, to make uh, Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, Kuzma, and Hart ready for what happens next season. I don't know if uh, Rondo and Stevenson um, can be teacher uh, in, in that sense, but like at least Lance play with toughness. At least Ronzo, uh, Rondo is, I made like a fusion between Lonzo and, <laughs> and Rondo. <laughs> Rondo is a great name. Uh, he's, he's a good passer that can show how, well, that can kind of, I don't know, teach something to, to Lonzo, probably. That's the idea. Uh, will it work? I don't know. Uh, would I bet? No, but that's what LeBron wants. And so I think that he specifically wants those guys. Otherwise, those guys are not there. It's weird. Just find yeah. It, find it to be very weird because there's still like ways to build that team to where they would like KCP. Fine. Like I get that one. That's okay. I think he helps that team. Like why don't, why don't they go after the guys that I mentioned? Not not necessarily Isaiah Thomas, but Wayne Ellington, Luke Richard and Bob Mute. Like why don't why don't you go get those guys? Like they can both uh, shoot it. Yeah, I don't know. Because like Wayne Ellington and well Bob Mute partially, um they well they are not probably LeBron's friends or LeBron's favorites. Yeah. That is that is the only way I, I can explain. And again, they are not after uh, some sort of uh, roster building for next year. They're just sure. trying to do if patchwork. You're, if you're offering $9 million, you call Wayne Ellington's agent, you call Mbah Mute's agent, you offer that $9 million to Rondo, why don't you just call them and say, hey, I, I don't know. Like To me, I would rather have one of those guys at $9 million than Rondo at $9 million on the, Oh, yeah, on me too, team. me too. Because LeBron handles the ball anyways. Like he's he's the guy that's gonna have the ball in his hands and they have Lonzo Ball. I I just I mean it just doesn't to me, I just I'm I just don't see it. And the four point five million, I mean that's what they gave Lance Stevenson. Like that's 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 I mean it's insane. I don't know. It's all it's all very weird. I, I think that they're also stockpiling one year you know, guys that have one year left on their deal just as maybe trade chips later in the season too. Cause like maybe so teams will want expirings and now they have a ton of money in expiring contracts. Yeah. Like Philadelphia did for, uh, with Chandler. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't know. Anyways, maybe that's an explanation, but that probably in Bahamute is, uh, at 4.5 is, is more, uh, it's more of an asset than, than Lance. So, oh, without a doubt, like I don't, I don't know Even that Lance if you, would get that from anybody else. Like, who's going to pay Lance that? Yeah. He would be a guy that would be on my minimum list if he hadn't have been already picked up by the Lakers, you know? Yeah, you know, it makes sense. I mean, that is what you pay for Lance. Uh, but apparently LeBron has some respect for him because he probably said, well, who guarded me reasonably well uh, in the last playoffs? Lance, let's get him here. 
Yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah, that's probably true. And then once that happened, Lance had all the leverage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I want to be in Indy for the minimum. Let's <laughs> let's get richer. And good good for Lance and good for Lance's agent to get one more payday cuz I'm sure they did not see that coming. That's, no. That's pretty no. awesome. No. Uh, not even Rondo, like 9 millions for Rondo. Like, oh my. It's Jeremy Grant's money. Like it's, what are we doing? I don't I that's where I'm just like maybe they need large expiring contracts in order to do something later. I mean, take I, two players. Take two players. <laughs> can right. paying, right. paying half the money. It's so weird. Uh, okay, Michaela, anything else uh, Thunder related or otherwise? What are what are some things that you'll be looking at for summer league? You mentioned Terrence. Anything else that excites you? Yeah, I want to 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 see how um, Hall. Um, moves his feet on defense. Uh, this is something I'm looking forward to, and also um, how he how he face like NBA level screens, uh, both on offense and defense. So how he moves through screens uh, for Diallo. I'm looking to see if anything in his game resembles uh, a learning curve in terms of learning curve in terms of uh, understanding of the game and the choices that he makes uh, with the ball in his hands. Um, and then, well, I don't expect, uh, again, I, I have zero, zero feeling for, uh, Harvey. So I, I have to see him play and, and get a feeling, uh, for that. Yeah. Um, non-thunder thing, things, uh, the first two games of Trey Young were kind of disappointing, uh, really which were. is, yeah, which is perfectly fine. Yeah. Uh, the thing that, that worries me is that he's not even trying on defense and, I know that it's summer league, but when you have a clear um, uh, point of your game, uh, aspect of your game that you should really work on and you don't show up, it's not the best sign. So since I bet really high on Troy Young, I really hope that's just the first two games. And that is, and then I want to see Doncic and that, that, that is going to probably happen he's on the roster no one knows if he'll play or not but how fun would that be uh a lot of fun <laughs> like <laughs> like there will be like a week like if you go to Vegas, yeah you're going to vacation so it's 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 not like that it's pretty hectic so you have to do tons of things then you try to squeeze in and watch some games talk to people and uh try to go to do networking podcasts and then maybe write something it's it's really a week that that has a lot of interesting things, um, and but a lot of work to do because you have to take advantage of the situation. So you end up working like crazy hours anyway, even if you are in the in a nice hotel with pool and blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoy Vegas. I wish that I could be there with you next uh, year. You have next to year, me. next year. Yes, uh, this year I have a baby that could be here at any time and so we're yeah. we're uh we have the emergency room on standby at this time in our house so we're we're ready to go but um next year you have a good good excuse this season i it's, do, it's, it's I do. without a doubt so thank you guys for listening to our show a little bit lengthy but there's just a lot of stuff going on we appreciate you guys listening i know we have a lot of new listeners right now uh, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or however you listen to your podcasts. 
to catch these. We are pretty consistent Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Unless something big happens, we'll do an emergency podcast throughout the summer. Uh, but we'll stay consistent Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So you can expect those to be in your podcatchers then. Hope you guys have a great day. If you guys have some time, uh, just take a few minutes to give us a five-star iTunes review. That would just mean a lot to us. You can do it on your phone. You can do it from your computer. Happy 4th of July, everybody. This is the 4th of July that we feel like we can relax. It's been two years of non-relaxed uh, 4th of Julys, and this year, I guess last year was good. Last year was good, but... Yeah. We're redeeming the 4th of July. Thunder fans, we're taking back the 4th of July. Enjoy it. Enjoy the fireworks. Go hang out by the pool. That's what I'm going to do. It's going to be a great day. Hope you guys enjoy it, too. I'll talk to you guys soon. Now we really need shooting. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. We really do. I think they're they're counting on some improvement from Jeremy at that spot and Abrinas for kind of his play to carry over to the next season. And Ferguson's a wild card. I think they are hoping that Russell can be a better shooter next year. But everything seems to be, uh, you know, pretty rosy right now. Who knows? Give us some red flags on Noel at Allen underscore Miller 12. Yeah, it's his, it's his attitude. It's his injury history. It's the hot dogs. There's a lot of red flags. There's a, there's a reason why he has a minimum contract. Like it's pretty rare that a guy that's picked in the lottery. That's a big guy ends up with a minimum deal after his first one's up. It's pretty rare. You know, Kwame Brown got like 10 million a year after his uh, and we all know what his career was like. So like, there's a reason why the dude has had drug trouble. He has missed games. He has attitude problem. It's all those things. But I think that hitting the market and looking around and saying like, man, like nobody, nobody's clamoring for my services. Like nobody, no one's going to give me big money. And I also think the allure of Russell Westbrook and Paul George, who were reported to be recruiting him pretty hard, makes a lot of sense too. So it's uh, there's red flags all over the place. This could this could not this could be a failure. Like it honestly could be. So a lot of people say Mello is gone. I agree. At OKC obstinacy. What do you think OKC's go-to bench lineup will be for the season? I mean, it's, it's hard to say. I think, you know, if you say that Ray is back, I think that they do try to stagger Russ and Paul George as terrible as that went. I think that they still will try to do that. So some form of Felton, Abrinas, Paul George, Tupat, Noel, something like that, where you do have a spacer there, but still have the potential to be a good defensive lineup. It would be pretty interesting. At the other Jacob asked 
who else has had meetings with Tyreek? Uh, apparently the Lakers have. They they don't have a lot to offer unless they renounce Julius Randle. So maybe he wants to go play with LeBron in LA. I think that that's uh, a thing. So, but uh, who knows? I think that we'll, we'll wait and talk more about Tyreek if and when something happens. What does it mean for Dakari from at Thunder underscore Dad? I don't know. I if you listen to this show on a regular basis, you know I'm not a big Dakari guy. I'm not a big Dakari guy. I don't think he's very good, and I don't think that he's fits the modern NBA. I don't think he's a great defender. Uh, he's fine at some things. He's a fine offensive center. He's got some feel and some touch and cool, but like he's like super poor man's Greg Monroe and that kind of guy doesn't do well. And I mean, Greg Monroe will probably play for the minimum next year. And so I, I'm not a fan. I wouldn't be surprised if he got waived. It would be really inexpensive to let him go. And so that, that could definitely happen. This is from at Scott underscore Owens. Would Mello accept a trade to the Cavs at this point? And what's the math on the Mello singular rookies next year and love? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this is possible. Here's the deal. Any trade involving involving Carmelo Anthony is a sincere possibility. Any and every trade. I don't care what team. I don't care what market. I don't care where he goes. I don't care if it's Cleveland, Orlando, Miami, uh, the Raptors. I don't care who it is. It's a possibility because all they have to do is buy out the contract. Most of these teams, if they're trading for him, aside from a team like Miami, I do think Miami would keep him and they would play him and it would be good for his career. And I've said that so many times that I could just vomit. But trade him to Cleveland. The Cavs will buy him out. They'll take the savings. They will let him go. I mean, the dude, if, if you don't think that Mello wants to go to LA, like Mello's been rumored to LA for a long time throughout his career. There's been go just go Google Carmelo Anthony, Los Angeles Lakers. I don't even have to do it. And I know that there's like a thousand pictures of him photoshopped into a Lakers Jersey. And so that might be, that might be something that really happens. I would just not be surprised. And that's why I think a trade makes a ton of sense. And I just think that a trade is probably the most likely thing that's going to happen. Now, can they get Kevin love, you know, m- maybe, I don't know. I don't know what the market for Kevin love will be. I really have no idea. It would have to it would have to include Terrence Ferguson, maybe even Alex Abrinas. I think that you would you could trade them the rights to Diallo and Hervey if you wanted to. You could give them a first round future first round pick and is that enough? Like honestly maybe it's enough. I I don't exactly know the answer to that, but I think the answer is maybe. And do I love the fit of Kevin Love? Eh. Like, I don't know. Like, I, that's a, that'd be a wait and see for me because he's similar, dangerously similar to Mello in a lot of ways. The same problems, the same defensive problems. The attitude problem isn't quite the same, but to be an all-star guy, to come to the Thunder and be the third fiddle. I mean, I think definitively he would be the third best player. Uh, I think it was very clear uh, from the onset that Adams was way better than Mello. Uh, I do think that Kevin Love's more talented than Steven Adams. He can shoot it. He's a great rebounder. He's a great passer. He's a great, he's a team guy. I do like the fit way better than Melo, and he's just honestly a better player. And so I think that it helps the Thunder's chances. And he obviously is close with Russell. 
Yeah, I think that they would mesh well together. And that, I mean, that is a squad. If you start Russell Robertson, Paul George, Kevin Love, Stephen Adams, like you, that's a that's a group. That's that's big time. Uh, I don't know if it's possible. I think that we can all dream about it because it's the summertime. But uh, I wouldn't count the Thunder out of a sweepstakes like that, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Cavs traded him uh, just to get some kind of asset in return. Uh, Teller beats one brings up George Hill. Uh, yeah, George Hill makes sense too for the Thunder. He's making twenty million, but next year his contract is one million guaranteed. That might make a little bit more sense and be more realistic as far as a trade for Melo goes. But uh, I think we've learned, like, don't count Sam Presti out in the offseason. Just don't do it. And you can dream big, Thunder fans. It may not happen, but you can do it because big things have happened. Uh, Let's see. Maybe one more question. I've been going for like 20 minutes. This is going to be added to the big podcast, a long show. Uh, Let's see. At Kyle Vokler. This will be our last one. Could I talk about the chances of this being a predecessor to an Adams trade? I'd love to. I'd love to do that. Uh, Nerlens Noel is not reliable. He's not reliable enough to be called an NBA starter. And the Thunder aren't going to do that to themselves. Maybe you get halfway through the season. You're like, holy moly. Like Nerlens Noel is really good. And he's a better defender than Steven is. And he, we could use Steven as a trade chip to get this and this and this. Like, whoa, like maybe we could do that. As far as the summer, I mean, Thunder loves Steven Adams. Unless you can get a Kawhi Leonard or an Anthony Davis or uh, those two names stick out the most to me, uh, then I, I just don't, I don't see why you do it. I, I wouldn't give him up for Kevin Love. Wouldn't do it for a second. So uh, I don't think that's going to happen. So, but I do think that Mello being a trade chip is still, still out there. So uh, thanks for listening to the show. You guys are just great. Please take some time to leave us a five-star iTunes review. Uh, if you've already listened to today's show, thank you. This was tacked on later. So you may have fast forwarded and listened to this one. So I hope you guys have a great, great day. We'll talk again. If something big time happens, Thanks for listening. You guys are just awesome. I just am thankful for you guys. Hope that you guys have a great day and we'll talk again soon. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I was going on a rant, but my mute button was hit because I, I had sneezed. <laughs> um, so you were, you were talking that whole time? I was talking the whole time. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll go back into it. Okay. Oh.